party people! Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host as always, and this week on the show, I am joined by my good friend Chris Bissett for a game of Excommunicado by World Champ Game Company. Chris is the owner of Loot the Room, which is an Emmy-nominated tabletop RPG design studio. Chris designed The Wretched, which is a uh, seminal work in the one-player role-playing game space. Uh, a role-playing game about being lost and trapped in space uh, that involves drawing cards and pulling bricks from a Jenga tower. Um, I mean, I've, I've got a lot of strong feelings about how fucking good The Wretched is, but I'm not going to talk about them here because we've got other stuff to talk about. Chris is also an incredibly talented musician, host of a nominal game design podcast, Chris, where Chris uh, talks about game design theory while playing synth music in the background. And most timely and relevant, Chris is currently kickstarting D36 as part of Zine Quest on Kickstarter. Uh, D36 is a strange role-playing game zine. It is a quarterly uh, publication designed uh, to collect weird, visceral role-playing games. Um, from a wide variety of interesting and exciting designers. Um, it is a really cool Kickstarter. It is a really great sounding like zine project and quarterly publication. You'll hear Chris talk a little more about it on the episode, but uh, this is a project that like I'm really, really excited about. I've already backed it on Kickstarter. And so you should go back it and make it a reality. You can find links to the D36 Kickstarter as well as all of the projects that Chris has going on in the show notes. Now let's talk about Excommunicado because this game shreds. Excommunicado is a two-player role-playing game inspired by John Wick. Uh, it is very specifically of that legendary epic assassin-on-the-run style story. Um, it is lightweight. It is easy to play. It is high-octane action on the purest scale. Uh, the player plays the role of a repentant assassin on the run from the all-powerful and mighty forces that are trying to kill them and the incompetent bastard police that are trying to uh, apprehend them and bring them in. It is, no exaggeration, one of my favorite, like, pure action role-playing games that I've ever played. Like, I was on the edge of my seat playing it, and that often doesn't happen. But, uh, so I adored this game. I had such a fun time playing with Chris. I think you're absolutely gonna love it. You can find more information about Excommunicado in the show notes. Now, one quick thing before we dive in, because, frankly, I don't remember if I've done this yet, and... Candidly, I don't feel like going back to find out if I did or not. A special thank you to our good friend, past Party of One guest, Blaine Martin, host of You Are Not Alone, a two-player horror actual play podcast. Thank you for backing Party of One on Patreon, Blaine. I really appreciate it. If you'd like to learn more about the Party of One Patreon to get early access to episodes, raw, unedited audio, early drafts and brainstorm documents of games that I'm working on, you can find links to all of that and more in the show notes. And now, with all that said, let's go ahead and throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take a pass, me. Thanks, future me. Uh, this week, I am just beyond excited, as evidenced by the fact that uh, we're starting this recording 20 minutes after we hopped on the call just to, like, hang out in friend chat. I'm sitting down with my good friend, Chris Bissett. Chris, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this for ages and ages. Uh, I've already, this is all, this, this recording has already been a delight and we've been on mic for about a minute, so I'm feeling pretty <laughs> great. Um, so real quick, before we dive in, before we introduce the game we're playing this week, why don't you take a moment and let the lovely listeners at home know about anything you've got going on that you might want the audience at home to know about? Yeah. Uh, hello, I'm Chris Bissett. I run the, the room and I, what have I got going on at the minute? Christ, so much stuff. Uh, D36 is either launching on kickstart today 
all launched on Kickstarter last week as part of Zine Quest. Who knows? Time is a flat circle, and it could have been either of those options. Uh, D36 is a zine of strange RPG stuff filled with wonderful people, uh, and I'm hoping to fund four issues of the thing, and by the time this goes live, I might know whether it's funded or not, and I might not. Yeah, we'll Who find knows? out. I, yeah. I mean, I'm confident that it's going to fun because it sounds utterly incredible, yeah. and you you are a talented designer, and I think people recognize that. So I have the utmost confidence. But for anybody listening to this, go back the game, help make it a reality because it is an extremely cool sounding project. Thank you. Um, um, do I have anything else going on? I've probably released Dice Souls at this point as well, which is my two player Souls like dungeon crawler game, but that'll get completely overshadowed by Kickstarter. So. Go buy that as well. Hell yeah. I've, I've been hearing about Dice Souls for a while, and I'm, like, beyond excited about it. Like, I'm so happy. Just such a cool-sounding game. Tell us a little bit about Dice Souls as a concept, because it sounds incredible. So Dice Souls is a two-player, one GM, one player, uh, dungeon, Souls-like exploration game, where you, you make a character, and you and your gm uh explore a a dead world where you kill big monsters and harvest souls and you die and retry over and over again until you break free and i've started writing this because i finally years and years and years after the fact started playing dark souls a month ago and thought oh fuck why haven't i played dark souls before now this is amazing (laughs) (laughs) i immediately wrote a game based on it Oh, that's a good feel. Like that is one of my favorite feelings. Is the is the oh my god? Why did I? Why have I not indulged in this year? Like why did I wait on this? Yeah, and I've been really lucky that I've been tweeting about it a lot, and nobody has spoiled the game for me. <laughs> a good a good feeling. Yeah, I've done the impossible. <laughs> uh, I I I I recently had that exact feeling of like why did I wait years on this? And I'm gonna say this out loud, and it's gonna be the most Jeff Stormer. Uh, you Chris are probably gonna hear this and go Jeff Stormer. Why did you wait years on this? <laughs> um, this past December, this past Christmas, uh, I read all of uh Grant Morrison wrote uh Claws, which is their their uh young santa claus as a superman analog yes. superhero story yes and ha- it, it came out like five years ago and i just read it last year and oh. like why did i why did i feel i had to wait on this that's extremely jeff stormer as well it's the most jeff stormer <laughs> pitch that i've ever been presented with and i waited five years <laughs> well the best thing about waiting so long is that you get to experience it for the first time when everybody else is already done with it it's true. I, I'm so happy, but like it is, it is a wonderful feeling. It is one of my favorite feelings. Uh, do you know what else is one of my one, my favorite feelings? Go on. Playing a sick game with my good friends. Heck yeah! So uh, this week we are playing Excommunicado by uh, Adam Vast, World Champ Game Co. Um, it is a game inspired very directly by uh, by John Wick and sort of other like big legendary epic assassin stories. It is. I'm just going to read the opening crawl of the game because it's very, very cool. Once, a soul in pain faced with impossible problems and deficient solutions. Then, a merciless creature, a human weapon carrying out missions for the privileged until you remembered who you truly were. Once again, a soul in pain, yet made whole once more in love, hate, and power. Now, a criminal on the run, a defector, escaping your former handlers who aspire to punish your transgressions, and the foolish police who aspire to apprehend you. You are an agent on the run from your former employers after allegedly committing an unforgivable crime in their eyes. 
The police who have kept an eye on your organization also see an opportunity to capture you as you continue to run. You must rely on clever tactics, intelligent investigation, and extreme violence to survive and avoid the varied punishments coming your way. What a fucking pitch. It just does it for me. It's just so fucking just good. Foot to the foot to the pet like med- pedal to the floor. Yeah. Zero to sixty. Um yeah, so that's the game. Um you are gonna be our agent, I am gonna be our game master, um, and we are going to create create a badass agent, uh create a sinister organization and play through some exciting chase scenes as we as we create a chapter in the life of this uh hero on the run. I cannot wait. So, to begin, we need to create a scenario. So, uh, there are four uh, six-sided ta- four d6 tables for us to roll on. Um, if we feel really strongly about given options, we can pick one, or we can roll on the dice. We'll go through them one by one. Um, we'll start with uh, before we meet our agent. Um, we'll start with whom did you work for? Uh, our results are organized crime family, independent detective agency. Shadow Government, the Mega Corporation, Pseudo Religious Zealots, and Mercenary Assassin Squadron. Chris, do you have a strong preference, or do you want to roll a d6? I uh, do you know what I'm drawn to Mega Corp, but I'm going to roll because I like All rolling right. on tables. Uh, and I rolled Shadow Government. Uh, I would love to uh, go full Jeff Stormer and go and pick two options. Let's do that. We can make our own game. Yeah. Uh, what if this is a Mega Corporation that acts as a Shadow Government? I'm into that. Like yes. you know, this is this is the this is the corporation that is that that transcends that transcends government lines and it and you know is the ultimate is the ultimate uh, beast of capitalism. Yeah, so a mega corporation that acts like a real mega corporation. That exactly. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Turns out the villain is capitalism. I can't see how we got to this point. <laughs> Turns out the calls were coming from inside the house. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, our next question, whom can you still trust? A retired assassin living in relative peace, a current agent disobeying their orders, a trusty animal who aids your endeavors, a shopkeep who expects favors in return, a child who mistakes you for a character they love, and an old flame who has a soft spot for you. Ooh. So uh, here I have there are like four of these options I'm all about. Two of them I'm a little like less interested in because I don't love the idea of putting uh, a trusty animal or a child mm. in in mortal danger. I had the same reaction. Yeah. So other than that, if you're cool, I'd love to roll this. I'd love to roll a d6 and, and Please see what go we get for it. here. All right. And then we'll re-roll the three or five. They're, they're very good evocative options. I just don't know if I want them to come up in this particular game. Yeah, totally into that. That's a six, an old flame who still Ooh, has okay. a soft spot for you. Uh, that's a good, I always love that dynamic. Uh, I, I do love the, I love an old flame dynamic. It's something yeah. that, I, that I deeply, deeply treasure. I'm writing this down so I don't forget it. Uh, next question. What unforgivable crime did you allegedly commit? Was it the resurrection of a dead lover? The killing of protected persons? Denying orders from higher ups? Falling in love with your target? Relaying information to an outside source or excusing a target you deemed innocent. Do you want to pick one or do you want to roll one? I'm immediately drawn to resurrection of a dead lover because I like anything that says, do you know what? This world has got fucking necromancy in it. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, all these options are good, but this one just drops in that there's magic. Whoa, what if? Right, right, right. Hang on. We've got an old flame who still has a soft spot for me, right? Yep. What if they're the dead lover I resurrected? That's real good. 
I love that. I love that deeply. Now, here's what I also want to throw out. Mm-hmm. What here? There's we're, we're we're pulling together some ideas here because some some stuff is, is cooking in the back of my mind. Okay. What if our uh mega corporation like owns magic, and oh, like shit. they are they are they are they 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 are the monopoly on like real honest to goodness magic. I love and that. like and like your lover wasn't even necessarily because like th- there's something about the phrasing of it, like the prompt and the question all kind of feeling like your lover was was dead as a result of like something in your sort of purview and like they like in the line of duty so to speak what if it's not that and it literally just like you know people die people die and you happen to work for an organization that had the power to bring them back Ooh, and your corporation's like no we don't we don't you know we get to decide who uses magic like we decide these things i love that i was saying i like i stole the magic tech that brought them back i love that yeah i think i think that's fantastic i'm into that i like that a lot that's very good and so uh last is what is your preferred method of delivering pain is it grappling arts is it uncanny aim blades improvised weaponry lots of bullets or a cybernetic limb i'm gonna let you pick because i picked the dead lover all right i'm gonna roll a d6 here because these are all extremely solid i picked four improvised or i rolled four improvised weaponry that was gonna be that's going to be fun. That's going to be a fun one to describe, and so I'm glad that that's the result. Yes, I'm into that. That's some, like, early Jackie Chan shit meets John Yeah, exactly. Wick. Yes. Oh, there's nothing quite like breaking off table legs. <laughs> yeah. Like, that kind of slapstick is... Uh, that and scene it's, with I, the board duster and Rush Hour. Is it Rush Hour? I don't remember. I think it is. I think... I mean, ev- it's it's every single Jackie Chan. Yeah, I just yeah. literally... I, there was literally just a tweet I saw today that that killed me, and I'm going to find it. Because if I'm going to quote this tweet directly, I want to I wanna at least cite the person that tweeted it. <laughs> but it was... It was, ha ha, I've got Jackie Chan cornered on a rooftop. <laughs> King's going to go great. Hell yeah. And I'm like, that's just that, like... <laughs> That that dynamic is just the absolute best. That's an energy that I want all games to have. Yes. I, uh, I play a lot of games, and one of my big tests for whether I like a game or not is how easy does this game make it for me to make uh, improvised weapons out of scenery? I feel like that. And I, my most cynical take is I feel like a lot of games struggle with that. A lot of games struggle with that, but when you find one that does it well... It works. It, it just works. It just yeah. sings. All right, so Excommunicado um, is a game that runs on a series of clocks. What that means is uh, you, you as our agent, have uh, three clocks in front of you. Clocks are just uh, ways that we're going to track progress. You have one that is marked as Hurt, which is uh, has four segments on it. One with Intel, with six segments, and one with Escape, that has eight segments. Um, what's going to happen is, uh, over the course of play... You're going to crack some intel. You're going to hurt. You're going to get hurt, and you're going to escape. Um, basically, what is going? And uh, I have two clocks in front of me, which are execution and apprehension. Execution is your is our megacorp has tracked you down and ended you. Apprehension is our bumbling bastard police are going to find you and take you in. 
Um, over the course of play, you're going to be doing some cool, dangerous uh, stunts. And every time that happens, you're going to roll some dice. Uh, and based on those results, we're going to fill in some of those clocks. And that's going to tell us uh, what happened. Like, that's going to help us push towards our big dramatic climax. Do you have any questions about the game before we get going? None whatsoever. All right. Well, then with that, um, we have to decide where our where this chapter of our story is set because you are you are on the run you are the greatest assassin that the that this corporation has ever uh do we want to name this corporation first and Ooh. foremost no i think they're just i think there's the corp they're just the corp yeah the, the company corp. yep uh the company the company has uh, been tracking you for some time and you have gotten word that they that they know where you are and that people are on their way so where are we in this particular chapter of the story? Uh, this can be like a literal actual location. This can just be more of a like an aesthetic note of, you know, big city, small town out in the woods. Like they set this like let, let's collaboratively set the scene of where this this showdown is going to happen. Cool. Are you is there anything that grabs you immediately that you think this is where we want to set this? Uh, the game recommends a big city, and I, uh -huh. I like that. I think the other, the two kind of options, and maybe this is a, maybe there's a both that we can enjoy here. I said the woods and the the aesthetic of like a fight in the woods feels very all cool as well. Yeah, I do like that. Let's do some weird like Rambo shit. So maybe it is a town like on the edge of a wood. Or, like, a city with a large, like, park area with, like, a dense wood in it. Oh, like a big, like a central park kind yeah. of. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Like, it's, um, like an, an, a, uh, an oasis of solitude inside the city. I love that. And then the other detail I think I might want to propose to you is, and then I'm going to see if you have any other, any details you want to add in for our cityscape. I think, like, if we're putting a city park in, if we're putting, like, a central park in, I think it just gives some very cool aesthetics if around it is, like, the city art district. So you have, like, museums and theaters and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So there's, um, um there's, like, weird, like, a weird sculpture garden. Oh, there's the such park. a weird sculpture garden. Like, the, the, the art district of the city, like, bleeds into the park. So there's this, like, liminal space where you're in wilderness, but also, like weird shit yeah there might be art that might be twisted magic gone wrong and pushed out of the city i love it i'm here for it yeah I, I like I, that. uh the the one the one detail to elaborate on that because uh because it's a thing that i deeply love and i'm saying it on mic and, and people can feel free <laughs> to at me on it I want some Batman and Robin ask like statues of somebody stretching that you can run along like yes those those big ass giant statues like just create a cool aesthetic. Yep, I'm into that. Just like improbably large statues of people with like yeah. hands and limbs held out that are very convenient ledges for uh, stunts to happen on. Very good. Cool. I feel like we've got a good uh so um, I'm going to ask you, uh, so with that, I think we can actually, like, get started. Awesome. Um, I'm going to ask you, what are you doing here? Is this, is, this your, is this your home? Have you just found out that people are on their way? Is this, are you here for a job? Or are you here 
as a stop on the run? I think it's a combination of things. I think mm -hmm. I've I think we find me just after pulling off some kind of mission that's given me some information, but I've been chased here and there's an old bolt hole here that I'm headed towards, but it's been a while and I cannot remember exactly where it is. Hmm. I love that. There's like a river that cuts through the park, right? Like, yeah, especially because that's going to give us an excuse to go from the city to the park. Yes. Into into a boat chase. Like there's a <laughs> river that runs through yeah. a park with a boat hold like somewhere in this park. And like, uh, this is going to give us an excuse to go through all of these things. So the thing that you are, the thing that you are gathering intel on is, uh, we'll say, where the boat hold is, how to get a hold of a boat, and and where is, like, a safe place that you can stop on the water that they yeah. won't be able to find you immediately. That sounds good. And then if there's corporate mysteries that unfold to that, we'll add those to the intel clock. But that's kind of the immediate thing that you're looking for. Cool. Um, uh, the, the game's rules is you must figure out what's really going on before you can successfully escape. So uh, why don't we actually say, like, where the boat is is the escape clock, and then, like, there is something unfolding in the city that you need to figure out and stop before you can act, you can get to that boat hold and, and yeah. have your water, you escape on the water. I'm into it. Okay, yep, I know exactly what, the, I know exactly what is really going on. Yep, I've, uh, sometimes, sometimes, and I'm gonna say this, I'm gonna foreshadow all of this, uh, sometimes... <laughs> Chris, uh, you've got to just be on your bullshit. Sometimes uh, it's important that we be on our bullshit. That's the Jeff Storm away. <laughs> it, it absolutely <laughs> is. Um, it absolutely is. Um, so, yeah, you are, we are in the, we start out, I think we start out, um, your old flame, what is, what are their name and pronouns? We want to roll for pronouns? You just want to pick some pronouns? Uh, we'll go with they, them. They, them. Uh, and their name, God, uh, I'm going to call them Jem, J-E-M. I love it. Jem uh, is in this city. Jem has lived in this city for some time. Like, when you when you brought Jem back, Jem uh, moved here, right? They, 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 love the, they, they love the arts. I, I want to throw out the detail of your cool with it, that they're yeah. kind of a pretentious artist type. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so they kind of moved to the museum district, to the art district, to, to be among among the art and the music. So, like, I think we start with the two of you together. You know, they've offered you a safe house. We open with the two of you kind of sitting on their on their balcony. Uh, they've made you they've made you mimosas, and I think the first report or like the first text has come in that someone is on their way. Nice, and like. Jem, Jem has been dead, mm -hmm. and like it's obvious that Jem has been dead. Like whatever magic has brought them back, like it's slow. Like they're still kind of stiff and cold, and they're just slowly starting to like warm up a bit. But like they're very obviously like a former corpse. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, it, I love that. There, it's there's something about them that just like feel. You know what I mean? Like yeah, like they're drained in a really weird way <sighs> that's 
the 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 thing that I how are you on? Let me ask. Let me ask you this, and I'm going to leave this on Mike as a safety question. How are you on bugs? I am fine on bugs. I think there's a fly that like crawls on them, and they don't oh, mind it. Yeah, like, they, don't, they maybe don't even notice. Yeah, like they just they're just and and like. Or like, or like, it, they they see it kind of flying around, and they kind of offer up a hand, you know, in the way that you might like if a if like a cute bird is flying around, and it kind of lands on their cheek, and then they just keep talking. Oh, what if like maybe death has changed them? Like maybe they're very gentle now, mm. and they never used to be. Like death has taken the fight right out of them. Oh, that's real good. That's real good. So, do you think that they that you two used to work together? Oh, maybe. Yeah, like, did we meet on the job? Possibly, so, yeah. And then uh, it's like, it's still gem, like, physically, mm-hmm. and, like, to talk to them, it's it's still gem, but, like, all that fire is yeah. just dead. They're, like, cold now. So that tells me exactly where I want to start the scene. Like, I think the texts have come in, and they're like, um, so there is a lighthouse on the lake about a five-mile trip out of the city you can catch it from the bolt hold take the boat uh there's a cache of weapons in the boat hold you know it was an old safe house of mine but what am i gonna do with a gun anymore right and they say as they take like the longest sip of a mimosa and they're like but what am i gonna do with them so if you can get there there's a boat with fuel in it get there get on your way what do you mean if I can get there, are you? No You're one's coming, right? No one's looking for me. I am. Black. Well, <laughs> literally and metaphorically, I am a ghost. <laughs> but I was looking for you, Jam. That's why we're in this situation. Well, yes, and you're f- far better than the average. Tough. You're at. You're. You're a far better tracker and a far better finder and a far better accomplisher of jobs than the average tough guy in a black tie with a with a set of bronze knuckles and a dream <laughs> a set of bronze knuckles and a dream <laughs> sorry <laughs> i was real proud of that line i'm glad oh, i got that's a reaction amazing <laughs> i think i just clipped my mic sorry oh you're fine <laughs> I can't express to you how much I need you to come with me on this. I do really like it here, and I'm supposed to have a gallery opening on Tuesday. But I suppose, on account of I have that gallery opening because I'm alive, I suppose I owe you one. I'm like, I can feel like, like, I'm an, it's the nature of the work. Like I'm an angry person. Mm -hmm. Like there's no lid on it. It might be, it's always simmering and I can feel this anger rising as Jem just like, just doesn't seem to care. Like Jem's priorities are all wrong here. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just kind of walk away before it bubbles over because I know I'm not going to get anything back. Like Mm -hmm. Jem's not going to argue with me. They're just going to keep being placid. And so I think you, I think you walk, I think you like, there's only like two or three rooms in this little like, uh, fancy city apartment. 
I think most of it is like one open space. So like the guy, the only place you can walk is to the bathroom. So you, we get the, we get the mirror shot of you splashing water on your face. And when you come out, uh, Jem has laid out like a, has laid out, uh, a predator two trunk scene of guns <laughs> on the bed. <laughs> And, like, you were in that bathroom for maybe a minute, and you come out, and just the bed is just lined with weapons that they are slowly and, like, methodically putting in a duffel bag, and they look over at you like, what? I said I was coming. And they load up their duffel bag, and they, they grab the, the half-eaten croissant that they were that they were brunching on, and they throw the duffel bag over your shoulder. So, um, well... The first thing we're going to have to do is get out of here. Uh, there are three snipers in the building across the across the street. Um, they you don't see the dots because, frankly, these are the, uh, you know, I don't need a dot type of snipers. They, <laughs> you understand how it is. It's an art for them. When were you planning on on telling me this, Jem? Oh, I just figured once once the first bullet landed, you would dodge all the bullets. And this like, does this. I give her. I give Gem a look, like the look. And I'm, <laughs> <laughs> like, there's nothing I can say, so I just and give I, them the I think, look. I think they. I think they take your look and they're like, "Is, is it not clear that I admire you in this? Like, am I not? <laughs> was, was that not clearly a compliment? Because it felt like a compliment. Granted, I've been dead, so <laughs> who is? Oh, maybe I've lost. Maybe I've lost my touch. Let's 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 go. Just, we're not achieving anything by talking. And let's, I think let's go. The second you say let's go, um, that's when the first bullet comes in yes. and like rips through a rips through a pillow. And I think like uh, at that moment, a door also kicks in, and a bellboy carrying one of those room service tables, of course, throws open the the serving uh, the little silver tray, like silver display thing, to reveal a gun and pulls and it's that like out. And John Woo slow motion, like yeah, reveal. Yeah, like it was like it was like when the bullets start coming in, the bellboy is gonna run in with room service and and pull out the gun, and they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna catch you from both sides. Yes, love it. So, um, so. This, I think this puts us in the realm. This puts us in the realm of uh, of ultraviolence. I think ultraviolence. Yeah. So uh, whenever your intended action is exciting, desperate, or perilous, you're going to roll dice. So tell me what your action is here. So right, there's this real slow motion shot as the first bullet comes in, and the bell the bellboy comes in. I'm going to kick up and like that silver serving tray, kick it up just in time to deflect the bullet right into the bellboy's throat hmm oh damn oh i love that um okay so um i'm going to you're gonna start by rolling 2d6 um uh-huh. i'm gonna say that is directly related to your preferred weapon or signature item so that's an additional d6 excellent i'm gonna give you a fourth d6 for clever planning and positioning just because <laughs> that line was dope as hell um, but I am going to take away a, um, I'm going to, I'm going to give and take away a dice, say that you uh-huh. were caught off guard, but Jem wasn't. So those two things are going to balance each other out. Cool. So, so you're going to roll dice. 46. Oh no, I did not roll a single success or a single complication. Okay. So we get, at you, least we get to fuck with the rules. 
If you uh, get no one or si- if you get no ones or sixes, if you make no complications or and no successes, I make uh, I get to fill in slices on these clocks equal to uh, the number of dice that you rolled. So I'm going to fill in. I'm just going to straight up fill in four, uh, four, four clocks of execution. Yeah, because I think what happens is you immediately take out that bellboy, but like, uh, and I'm gonna mark, I'm gonna describe an injury here. Cool. And say, uh, like, another bullet rips right into your shoulder, right? Like, you get like, it's hard to focus on two separate things. So you, you know, you, uh, like, it tears into your shoulder. And because you focused on one thing and the snipers kept shooting. So, like, yeah. the bellboy is taken out, but you're, but, like, these snipers are still raining in bullets and now you are, now you are injured. Yeah, totally. And I think, like, the snipers, the snipers are still filling the room up with bullets. And I think behind the bellboy, there's, like, thugs in the corridor mm. outside. Mm-hmm. We get a long corridor shot of like, um, like in Leon when they're lining up outside the exactly room that. The yeah, end. we get the we get the shot of like them waiting, waiting for you to try and run out so that they can ambush you on the outside. So what's what what do you do? Cool. So obviously, like, I've been hit in the shoulder and I immediately get low, mm-hmm. um, like hit the deck, and I think I like no, I don't hit the deck. What I do as the bellboy falls. I grab the bellboy and like dive out the room with the bellboy, mm-hmm. like as a human shield. Mm-hmm. And like as the guards in the corridor like open up, firing at me, like it's like this cloud of of blood from the bellboy, and I like try and roll away to the other side of the corridor and take some cover back there. So, um, all right. Yeah. So perfect. I love it. Um, so let's walk through some advantages and disadvantages here. And, and, uh, running rule is if there's anything else you want to throw out as an advantage or a disadvantage, give it a shout and we'll add it to the roll. Sure thing. Um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking it's a disadvantage because you're outnumbered outside, mm-hmm. but I think that's counteracted by the fact that you've got, uh, an improvised weapon in your human shield. Cool. Uh, I think there's another dice because I think like the only natural jo- the only natural shot, uh, the only natural way this shot works is if Je- is Jem behind you also just spraying bullets. Yes, like through so that's got to be an extra d6. Like Jem is like spraying bullets through the wall, like oh, taking see, people out lined up. Is that what, not what you were thinking? I was thinking the two of you are jumping out with the with the human shield together, but oh, I'm going to go no, with no. yours because no, that's no. even better. <laughs> sure. Oh no, I see. I think yours is way better because I love the I love the we get a shot of you jumping out and bullets are hitting are hitting the the bellboy's body and then then we see bullets start tearing through the wall as we get as we cut back to see Jem just unloading. And I think like the snipers start taking shots at Jem, but Jem's already mm-hmm. dead. Yeah. Like, right what are they gonna do uh so i love that yeah so that's actually gonna make i'm gonna give you 2d6 for that one which i think puts you to another 46 i think it does yeah all right give me 46 um, let's go for it um that's one six the rest okay threes and fives okay well that's all you need uh you can mark in a slice on one of your clocks all right 
I mean, I'm going to mark in hurt because I haven't gained any intel at this point. I think that's the right call. I think. I think. Right I, think I think. I think we'll run with this fight scene until we mark out four, and then you're able to take out whoever is left and get out of here. Yeah, I think that sounds good. Um, and I so I think like I think the two of you just run through these, run through these these thugs outside, and I think the bullets stop and. Jem walks out and you notice several, several bullet holes in them and they walk out and they're like, what? I'm dead. Yeah, these like bloodless bullet holes, just like, maybe like Jem like squeezes a, um, a shell or like mm. a bullet casing out of one of the holes, like you'd squeeze a spot. I love it. That's so very good. Um, and so they, they kind of like shake out a bullet and they're like, what? I'm dead. Um, and you hear, um, you hear from, uh, the stairwell around the corner, another set of footprints as another armed guard. Actually, let's go full on and make these the, uh, I think, I think you hear, you hear like the, the muffled, like, Toulouse, stop, stop what you're doing, stop where you are, and you hear like rough, like people yelling as they run up the stairs as like the authorities have been alerted that someone here that like. You know, they are. They have now set you up to take the fall here. Yeah, as as cops are on their way in. Awesome. So, what do you do? Uh, what do I do? Uh, I think there is, there is, uh, a, there are three elevators, um, like uh, nearby where the stairwell are. Like you might. You might be able to get there and get a door open by the time by the time the the cops get out of the stairwell. Yeah, I think there's this. And then shop. there's also uh, other other things. There are other rooms. There's also like the the refreshments room with the ice machine and a vending machine. Oh. That's all kind of in the general area of where you're at right now. Okay. And also, there's windows to the outside. <laughs> yeah. So like, Gem is like fiddling about with the bag like trying to get guns mm-hmm. out of the bag but like the police are coming there's no time for this like you don't carry loaded weapons with you that's just stupid mm-hmm. um and so i head to the refreshment room and i like i put my shoulder into the glass of the um of the vending machine and break through it and just start like grabbing cans of like cans of monster like big cans mm-hmm. and shaking them up to pressurize them and like the first cops around the corner just get fucking clocked with them and and i uh, i'm gonna just say automatically mark in a i'm not even gonna ask you to roll for this mark a mark a before you roll mark a, a tick of hurt because <laughs> i think the other thing that happens is you throw one a cop gets an itchy trigger finger and shoots it and because it's already been, like <laughs> shaken it just explodes and like they like they like they get scrambled so before Amazing. anything before your next action automatically take a tick of hurt here <laughs> i'll say that i'm not going to argue with that uh so what's 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 Death your next soda. what's the next step in the plan um and then cool so as the as the can explodes around him and he kind of instinctively recoils from this spray of pop i'm gonna like boot the gun up into his chin and take it off him and just start firing Mm. all right um so that's 2d6 uh this is not your signature weapon no um but you but you do get uh you do get clever i'm gonna give you some clever planning because these cops are kind of scrambled and you're sort of 
catching them off guard a little bit. Um, and, uh, and you've got, and Jem, I think, has now pulled out a, like, a hilariously large rifle and, like, <laughs> once, once you start shooting, they start spraying. And so, uh, roll another 46. Cool. Ooh, I got a six and a one. Okay. Um, so mark in one of your clocks and also I'm going to mark in one of mine. I think I'm just going to mark Here I'm going to mark in apprehension because I think... I think you are now you are now uh, identified as a as a target to bring in, and I think that dispenses with the cops. I think you managed to make it to the lobby. So I think I think the corporation knew that this was going to happen, right? And I think behind the cops is like like a named person like me. Yeah, I was just I was just thinking of of the name, um, the hammer. Oh, the hammer. Yep, it is. Um, it is. The hammer is, of course, short for uh, the hammer crushing the final nail into the coffin of the unworthy. Oh, fuck. That is a name. <laughs> um, so that is the uh, that is the name that is that is. And uh, the hammer has. What is the hammer's aesthetic? What's what's a good over the top Metal Gear Solid ass assassin uh, aesthetic? Ooh, for someone called the Hammer, do we want to like? Do we want to be obvious about it? Like, is this like a big fucking like trunk of a person, or is is the Hammer quite small? I think the Hammer's quite small. Yeah. Or does the Hammer use like a massively oversized? like final fantasy sized hammer yeah oh that is that's real good yeah i think it's i think that they they that like the hammer's taller than they are and they kind of <laughs> like you get down there and they kick the bottom of it and start twirling it as yes. if it weighed nothing yes and it's it's this giant um it's like a double hammer yeah and like for the for the extra and the space that they're in is so small that they're twirling it and it's like taking chunks out of the walls mm-hmm. and like the lights are getting popped out. Yeah. And they're just twirling it as they as they just kind of walk towards you and don't say a word. And I like there's so the the stairs that I've come down have got like railings up them. Um, like a banister with railings in it and I like kick two of the metal railings out and start twirling them round like a pair of um, oh god what's the word I'm looking for? Sticks that you fight with. Oh, uh, Eskrima <laughs> sticks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I start twirling these like bits of banister around with these and we like, we do the the circle thing like I'm crouched down low and like the hammer is just like circling on the spot swinging this hammer around Maybe they so, drop it to the ground and start like scraping it on the ground. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm going to give you 3d6 here. Because cool. I think that your improvised weapons are going to count out their uh, big fuck you hammer. <laughs> <laughs> and yep. I think that, that uh, but I think that like, I think that like, you you kind of facing them head on i think is going to give is going to give you the extra dice of like you know what you're doing you know what i mean yeah like 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 you know them and so you know how to fight them like you this is someone 
Uh, this is someone that you have you have studied before, so I think I'm going to give you 3d6 here. Cool, let's go for it. Shit, okay, we got two sixes and a two. Hell, yeah. Um... Mark in your mark in your fourth thing of hunt. Describe how you take them out, and then I'm gonna ask you to fill in either escape or intel. Yeah. Um, okay. Here's what I think happens. I'm twirling these sticks around, and the hammer's like laughing, mm-hmm. and then they swing the hammer at me, and I don't even necessarily dodge it. As the hammer comes round, I put my foot on it and I grab the heft of it, and I let them swing the hammer round with me. Mm. and the extra weight carries me behind them and that's when i like leap down and these sticks go like in the hammer's ears and i just twist that's real good that's real 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 good um yeah so i think that i think um describe like how you take them out um yeah i mean I, I basically twist their head straight off oh, that's and good. drop them to the ground. I think that's exactly what happens. Yep, I think that's what happens. They go down. Uh, like I, I think it's almost. It's like we get a we get like a little bit of the fight, but less of the fight than I think like audiences yeah. were expecting. Like it's one of those moments where it sets it up for this big fight, <laughs> and then it's over in like a second. Yeah, yeah. and I, I feel it. like I need like. <laughs> a witty one-liner to drop as the body hits the ground but i cannot fucking think of i one. <laughs> i think i think i think jem says that directly to you like so do you have a one-liner or like a cool line or no and I just, all right then. no and then i just kind of light a cigarette and walk out the door and i think that the intel that you find uh the intel that you find is like um, they have, uh, you notice on their back pocket, they have like an envelope and it's got like a map of the hotel, but it also has like a map of the, uh, mark it, mark one escape as well, because it also has a map of the, the park on it. And you don't necessarily know where the, it doesn't say where the boat hold is, but it, it at least gives you like the layout of the park. But the yeah. thing of note, the tick of your intel clock is like, there is another spot marked on this map to the point where it feels like maybe you, ne- like, getting you wasn't why all of these forces were Ooh. here. Like, you were kind of an incidental. Yeah, I was in the way. Like, they need to get somewhere else. Maybe... Maybe there's also clipped in this envelope a little card with, like, the name of the gallery that Jem's exhibition was meant to be at, Mm -hmm. and a name scrawled on it. Yeah. Maybe there were- Sorry, say that last line again. I I got got distracted. That's okay. Um, Maybe in the envelope Mm -hmm. with the map, there is a business card from the gallery that Jem's exhibit was at. Yep. And it's got a name scrawled on it. Um, someone from Gem's past. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, it is, um, it is actually, you recognize the name as actually like the person that trained the both of you. Ooh. 
which is where you met was like learning the sort of assassin's trade from this from this other from this this sort of mentor figure nice um they're called atticus i'm going with to kill a mockingbird names (laughs) yeah atticus um atticus atticus is was maybe will forever be who knows like you know um atticus every record you've ever read of the of the corpse of the the company's black ops department kind of all point to Atticus as, like, the training coordinator, right? Like, yeah. you know, there are reports 200 years ago of of oh. training with Atticus and, like, pencil sketch drawings that look an awful lot like the like the Atticus that you trained under. Oh, shit. Everyone thinks it's a code name, but then you find those pictures and you're like, no, wait. This is the same person. Yeah. Fuck. Yes. He's, he's just that good at killing. <laughs> The more he kills, the more he stays alive. Does um, that even make sense? His full well, his full name, as you as you learn from looking into records, is Atticus He Who Killed Death. Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yes, love it. And so you have it has it has like the address of the gallery and it's got Atticus's name like scribbled on it. Yes. So I think you've got you've got you've got a choice to make. Do you go after the boat hold or do you go do you go confront Atticus? I I mean I think we have to go find Atticus, don't we? I think we have to. Like Yeah, we could get out of the city, but we've been looking for Atticus for years. This is a mystery everyone wants to solve. And so we cut to the gallery, right? Like we cut to the gallery um let's get let's let's make one action of getting to the gallery because i think like there's still like a a valet pulls up with with jem's car uh just in time to see like two uh two plain white vans pull out from one side of the street and a police cruiser pull out from like come from the come from the east and two two unmarked vans come from the west and you're in that little like hotel roundabout section (laughs) Yes, and I've just lit a cigarette as well, mm-hmm. and like, as they all start like piling out, and we're getting ready for round two, mm-hmm. I just like take one more drag on the cig and throw it, flick it, and it lands in the open mouth of the hammer, mm-hmm. and I like crack my neck and like crack my knuckles and pick up one of those sticks again, and like we I step out it. the door to face whatever's coming next. Um, I think. I think uh, you've got the. So I think what I'd like to propose. Yeah, I think what happens is like Jem walks out and grabs a key from the valet and is like, "Well, I'm just gonna drive. If you want, <laughs> if you want to, if you want to do whatever you want to do." <laughs> and I look over and I look at the the mountain. Like the odds getting stacked more and more and more against me. And there's this moment where you're like, "What's what's he gonna do? Mm-hmm. Which way is this gonna go?" And then Jem pulls the car around, and I give this like resolved sigh and get in the car begrudgingly. So uh, this is a car chase. Uh, this is a dangerous action. Excellent to get to, and and this is I think to get to Atticus safely without having any further fights. Cool. 
So I'm going to ask you, um, if you are not driving, how are you helping? Like, how are you, how are you helping to evade or destroy or get a, get out from these, these two vans and a police cruiser? <laughs> so, right. Jem's super placid. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we're driving fast, but Jem's like not taking any risks, really. This and is I this can... is the scene on the soundtrack where Vanessa Carlton is playing. <laughs> yes, and I and there's definitely like... a moment where you're like, "Can we change the music?" And they're like, "I like this song." Yes, and what I think happens is we get to a red light, and Jem stops, and I give Jem this look like, "Are you fucking serious right now?" And we see the lights. People flashing. need to cross the street, and like. I turn and look back and like these vans are getting closer to us and there's like, they've got a fucking turret mounted machine mm-hmm. gun on top of one of these vans and I reach over with my foot and jam Jem's foot down on the gas pedal <laughs> and like I grab the wheel and I'm like driving the car from the passenger seat. <laughs> That's very good. Um, I'm going to, I, I just said that people need to cross, so I'm going to give you an extra dice, re- extra die related to there being like people around that I think like I think like you know even as even as a like even as an evil mega corporation that is using magic to control life and death, they don't necessarily want civilian casualties. That's going to be bad PR. Yes. So I think like they can't fire on you, so I'm going to give you a third dice, and I think. Um, I think once you do that, Jem kind of like, they smile kind of for the first time that we've seen them smile in the entire story. And they're like, oh, we haven't played footsie in so long. <laughs> and that's kind of what gets them to like actually drive the car to take you to four dice. Nice. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Oh, we got a six and a one. All right. Um, I think that, I think that like what happens is, um, I'm going to mark execution. I'm going to mark one. I'm going to mark one more for apprehension. Mm-hmm. Cuz I think what happens escape. here. I think what happens here is uh the vans kind of one of the vans almost hits some people. Veers out and crashes into the other van. Nice. Knocking the two vans out, but the police cruiser just hits the siren and people like scatter and they tear through the street. So like the like uh you are able to like pull through and get away from one of get away from like two of the uh you're able to get away from the vans but the cops like arrive upon you when you get to the gallery like the cops uh-huh. are like behind you and like spilling out in riot gear with guns amazing so we made a quiet entrance oh yeah yeah for sure yeah, yeah. super subtle like low key like any other gallery opening for sure and I think, like, you see sitting in uh, what can only be described as a director's chair, like, sipping a cup of coffee in, like, the big floor-to-ceiling windows on this gallery. Atticus is in the middle of the room, like, not even, like, watching you directly, just 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 people watching. Just people watching <laughs> out the window, he's just sipping, wearing a, wearing an all-white all suit, uh, uh, like, alligator skin shoes. Nice. And we, like... We skid up outside the gallery and like, I just hop out the car and, um, we hand the keys to the valet and as the police are pulling up and like the sirens and the loudspeakers and everything, we just, we just walk into the gallery. Uh, And I think take a point of, take a point of Intel because I think like, 
I think I think what happens is like the cops stand up and like the cops like you start to walk and the cops are screaming and like they they pull up their guns to open fire and then they all just fall over dead. Oh shit, okay. And um and with that like when you walk in you just see Atticus pick back up the coffee cup that you didn't even fully realize had been set down on the little end table beside him. Ooh. Atticus isn't fucking around. So, not who I expected to see today, but, you know, a teacher loves seeing when a student has really applied the lessons and bettered themselves. Uh, what can I say, Icus? I, uh, learn from the best. (laughs) Uh, it would be humble of me to deny that, but humility is for cowards. Oh, you... You thought I meant you. Long sip of long sip of tea sets down sets down the coffee like the coffee mug. <laughs> oh, oh, that was oh oh. I don't know. I I did not teach you that wit. I'll tell you that much. Well, well done. Picks back up the coffee cup <laughs> or the the tea mug. <laughs> Look out the window, Atticus. It's you need to call off the dogs. Oh, were that I were that I could, were that I could. Um, I, I think I think as 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 Atticus is like kind of musing, starts to muse of like, oh, unfortunately, those dogs were issued by a higher power, and what are you or I but exactly the same kind of attack dogs and bloodhounds as. Those vans full of over-enthusiastic amateurs chasing after their big shot and glorified glorified enforcers of a corrupt state. I mean, technically, it's six of one and half dozen of the other, but uh, I'm going to call this a dangerous action. Ooh, okay. And I'm going to ask you to fill out your advantages and disadvantages here. Cause I think the goal here is to fill out, uh, Intel because yeah. Atticus knows what is going on here and Ooh. is, but is musing not so much to, I think, I think it is clear that before you like fill out your advantages and disadvantages, I will say you could, you know, Atticus well enough to know that he is not like rambling to buy time while other assassins show up. Yeah. He's not monologuing. He's just like this. <laughs> And like does not like like is clearly so unafraid of everything that like a ticking clock is not a thing that he thinks exists. Cool. God, what are my advantages and disadvantages in this situation? <sighs> I think there's an element of surprise because I don't think Icus either a expected us to come for him. Or be expected us to get here. Alex, I'll buy that. Um, that might be it. Yeah, that might be it. All I right, almost, we- I almost want to give a disadvantage and say, like, as this happens, Gem betrays me. Mm. Almost. I don't know. How do you feel about that? So, uh, I was, I, 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 I've presented this opportunity to roll the D6 twist table at the end of the book. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm actually going to give you an advantage here because I rolled an enemy extends an olive branch. Oh. 
and say that like I think I think Jem I think Jem raises their rifle to you. Uh, Jem goes to betray you. Jem is clearly not loyal to you, but to Atticus. Uh huh. And uh, like Atticus, you you see Atticus like gesture with just like a single finger, like raise up a pinky, like hold. Clearly, Ooh. Atticus knows what is going on and wants you to find it. So mark an extra point of intel. Nice. Like then- Atticus, Atticus clearly knows what is going on and clearly like has feelings about it. Yeah. And like I didn't even know that Jem had raised the gun. Like Atticus yeah, raises the this hand. This is sort of then- your confrontation of that yeah. fact. And then I like I see Jem put the gun down in the reflection in the window and I realize that like I would have been dead. Mm-hmm. Cool. Let's roll some dice. Uh I rolled Three fours and a two. I rolled no complications, no successes. I am marking. I am marking four points closer to execution. Puts us halfway on the execution clock. Because I think you've lost Jem. Yeah. Like I think Jem is no longer coming with you on this because Jem is loyal to Atticus. And like this is the moment that you've realized that, which means you're much closer to to death because you no longer have Jem at your back. And I think I also realized that, like, yeah, I thought that I was making the decision to bring mm-hmm. Jack back to life, but I've been played at some yeah. point and not realized it. Like, I think Atticus arranged it all so that I would steal the tech that I stole mm-hmm. and that there's bigger things going on that I'm not privy to. I love it. Uh, and I think what happens here is uh, the intel that you get, Atticus tells you, like, I I cannot call off those dogs because I'm here I'm here on a job. I am here to well, take the same job that I took with you and with Jem and hopefully hopefully to and 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 he smiles and take take uh take one more point of intel. Ooh. Or actually take a point of escape here. Cuz okay. I think he smiles and says like hopefully I do as good a job training this new ward that they're giving me as I did with you and with Jim. And, and I, 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 hopefully I train someone with a conscience for a change. Hopefully, because the truth is that is the thing that's going to set you apart from. And at that moment, you hear a helicopter overhead of eh, whoever's on top of my gallery right now. I was supposed to pick up a hand. I was supposed to receive in a handoff, a new ward that is being picked up at a spot in the park. I have certain ethical obligations to training this ward to be an agent of the corporation. It would be a great service to your former teacher if you could take this ward and disappear for a while. In exchange, I can promise you that Jem and I We'll be safe. When you say it would be a great service, what you're saying is, do this or I kill you here and now. Oh, oh, oh no, no! I, I meant, I, I meant, I was asking for a favor. Oh. oh, oh no, no! If I, if I, if I wanted you to be dead, you'd be dead, and if I wanted you to think that I was going to kill you, you would have, you would have no more. You would, you would be missing two fingers. I think we have this. <laughs> this like moment where we see 
at me realizing that I really don't understand anything that's happening. <laughs> like I've completely misjudged this situation. And I, I think that there's that like, that's kind of, I, I think that like, there's this moment, like it's almost a, a, a familiar look and feeling to you because like, this is kind of just Atticus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like everything happens so fast that like my head is just spinning. He's asking you to do a rescue operation on whoever this target that they're abducting is. Are you in? I'm in. All right. I'm in. Let's do it. They're in. And I guess it's like, I, I knew they were in. I'm three steps ahead of everyone at all times, but I, I nonetheless appreciate it. And I think like, um, glass breaks from a sunroof. Glass breaks yes. from a sunroof. Uh, assassins start to start to start to rail down, and you are alone in the room. Because <laughs> Gemma just gone, just like where the fuck did they disappear to? But Atticus has left the cup of coffee, mm-hmm. and everything is a weapon. Yeah, everything's a weapon. <coughs> so, excuse me. Oh, excuse me. Are you good? <clears throat> Yeah, um, and I think as how many guys are coming down through this sunroof? I think it's like three or four. Right? It's like three. It's like three snake eyes looking GI Joe ass commandos. So here's what I think happens. I think I break the coffee cup on the table, mm-hmm. and it's expensive. It's like bone china, so when yeah. it breaks, it's super sharp. And they come down on um, cords from the helicopter. And I think the first guy down gets a shard of china through the eye. Mm. And then I grab the cord that he came down on and wrap it round like the heads of the other three and tie them together so that I can get away. I love it. Um, I'm going to say take a a point of escape immediately and then roll uh, 46. Nice. We have half filled the escape clock and the intel clock. Oh no, that's that's a that's a whiff. That's nothing. All right, I think I think with that, I think you I think you managed to escape, and I think we cut to our our climax. I think you're able to you're able to get away, but I think like I think they know they know they know that you know everything, and they know that you're going to to mess up this handoff. Uh huh. Because uh, execution is three quarters of the way marked up. Oh. Because I think that sets us perfectly for, uh, that sets us perfectly for, yeah, that sets us perfectly for the climax. Nice. You get, you, 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 you escape, you get to the park, but they know that you're going to be there. Um, there, you hear police copters in the distance coming to, coming to get you because your, your position has been tipped off. Mm -hmm. You come upon, um, what looks like the tech magic weird, corporation view of uh view of like a like almost like a summoning circle mm-hmm. right like half like first contact looking like drop zone and half like arcane summoning circle a portal starts to open in front of you and a a child like an adult but a child right like like no like maybe jet like someone that looks like they just turned 18 yeah. Steps out wearing the most techno cyberpunky shroud gear that you've ever seen. 
steps through this portal, uh, like holding steps through this portal with like a pack on their back and, uh, looks around and, and, and looks like, like, um, green skin. They're an alien. There's All an right. alien, like an, a tech, al- a tech, tech future alien has just passed through a portal, looks nice. around as if they are, as if they are scared and frightened and like, like they've left home for the first time in their lives. And you see that like the corporation, the company is clearly going to pick up this person and turn them into, and, and fashion them into a tool for the company. Incredible. Now is your moment to save the day and get away. <laughs> this is our final big scene. Yeah. Um, and we're near the sculpture garden, right? Yeah, I think we're in the, we're like in the sculpture garden in the park. Like, you you you're probably watching from like on top of one of these big arms. Yeah, and like, I think we see like top down, like from my point of view, like the portal opens, they step through, and like the corporation like handlers are incoming, but the the security is super heavy, mm-hmm. and I think we see me like assess the situation and realize that if I go in like in person, there's nothing I can do to get us both out safely. Mm -hmm. And I think we see me have this moment of like almost like resignation where I'm like, I'm about to have to do something that I never wanted to do. And we have this flashback to when we were being trained and we were being taught magic and Mm -hmm. the price of magic. And I think you see me, in the present roll up my sleeve of my suit and my arm that we haven't seen before is laced with all these tattooed sigils and Mm -hmm. marks and things and i take a piece of the broken china from the cup Mm -hmm. and i cut one of these tattooed sigils open and we see like power rise up and one of the sculptures comes to life I Fill like. in the rest of escape. Because <laughs> now there's a giant statue running amok. Like, if you can, like, if you can rescue this, if you can rescue this, this child, like, you're pretty fine. <laughs> you're out of here. And uh, I think this sculpture thing just, like, goes ham on the, uh, mm-hmm. on the security forces. And, like, the, the effort has weakened me, obviously, but I, mm-hmm. like, use the distraction to step in and, like, grab the kid all right give me a 46 roll um you've got an ambush on them uh but that's going to cancel out the fact that you're also outnumbered Uh um i think this kid immediately shoots some eye lasers and like fries someone like and is clearly as interested as in escaping this scenario as you are and um plus one for the chaos of it we'll say 5d6 because i think you can probably also find some cool improvised weaponry Nice. Let's go. Oh, hole no. That's two ones. Oh, okay. It's not a good day for me. Um, the cops are on the scene. Uh, it is now a full-on... Because there's a giant statue running around causing chaos. Um, but, like, I think that at least the two of you, like... Like, uh, the, the child seems to recognize that you are... Uh, the, the the young adult the, the the alien seems to recognize that you are at least like trying to free them uh-huh. and i think you are cornered by um you are cornered by uh director by director vault that's a good name 
towering, uh, like actually, uh, uh, yeah, like a tower, like tall, wiry, but tall, tall, like seems like is the tallest person in the room, dis- even despite these giant statues, but like, it's probably no taller than like six, four, but like just has that towering aura steps up and like this is like a high level representative of the company higher like a higher a higher level person than you've ever directly met in the company before like director vault is almost a myth yeah steps up this alien is going to be the centerpiece to some very grand plans we need you to step away my orders are to take them into custody and i'm telling you my your orders to the company are to step away and by Um, that i mean step away and we welcome you back into the fold i think we're gonna have a problem and I think they crack their knuckles and their arm, like Slender Man-esque arms come out from behind their back as they crack their knuckles. And they're like, I think we might. And we're like, we're cornered. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there is nowhere for us to go. Um, what's the scene look like? What's the, what's the location we're in looking like? Uh, you're in the, you're, you're in like a clearing in the woods. There is some... There is, uh, there are some benches and some picnic tables. There's a lot of tech equipment, a lot of, like, like tower lights and, uh, like, summoning equipment. A lot of techie equipment is around. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of objects around, you know, equipment, radars, scanners, all kinds of that kind of stuff. Um, there are weapons scattered about from various dead bodies. There are various dead bodies. Uh, there is this cowering alien with a big kind of like travel backpack sort of cowering behind you, fists awkwardly raised. Um, what do you do? So I think. We square off, and I think Director Vault makes the first move, right? Mm-hmm. And I think initially, like, he's beating the shit out of me. Yeah. Like, I'm so weak and tired from animating that statue, which has now fallen silent. Like, yeah. Um, and he's like throwing me around, and I think he picks me up and throws me into some of that machinery. Mm-hmm. And as I'm picking up, I like tear through some wiring. And these big thick cables that are lying on the ground that start sparking with electricity. And I think I pick up a length of this cable that's still plugged into the machinery mm-hmm. and start like slowly like whipping it around like I'm gonna use that as a weapon and I like straighten up and crack all my spine and like go at him with this sparking cable whip thing that I've fashioned. So I think uh, I think this is going to be three d six because you've gotten you've got two injuries here. You're you're wounded yeah. from the you're wounded from the summoning. No, I think this is four d six. I think you're wounded from the summoning, and you've got that injury to your shoulder. Uh-huh. so that's two disadvantages. Um, you've also got an assist from the alien, who uh-huh. I think like. I think like hovers up above the ground and like 
flies in and locks Vault in kind of a chokehold as you oh, start nice. whipping. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, so an extra dice for that, an extra dice for your improvised weapon, and uh, an extra improvised dice because of the chaos unfolding around you. Uh huh. I had one more. I'm trying to remember what it is. Uh, any other advantages, disadvantages you want to throw out? I have one more that I want to throw out as a, as a, to, I think there's one last one is that like that portal is still like live, but closing and like you're in a position where you could at least force, you could at least force vault back through that portal. Nice. Yeah. I'm into that. I'm going to say that's 46. Nice. Let's go for it. No whammies. No whammies. That is two sixes. Hell yeah. Heck so I yeah. think, and I think, um, what happens is, yeah, I think, uh, between the two of you, like, I think, uh, you're whipping and like, but he's distracted and he's taking a whip and you get one good slash and kind of cut his gut open and he fall tilts back, which gives the alien time to like pick him up in a slam and throw him through the portal. Oh, as it like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um. I think mark off that last point of intel as well as this alien like walks up to you and it's like, my, he won't be coming back from that. The dimension on the other side of that portal was fading. He fell into an empty void. You could say he fell into an empty vault. <laughs> That's funny. I think I will like it here. (laughs) (laughs) And like in this chaos, like cops are landing and like they're, they're rounding up other organization members. Cause it seems like you have managed to spark like some like police versus some police versus corporation, like, like faction war as they're, as they're just rounding up every high, every high value target that they can. And, in the chaos while also dealing with the statue and like you've got a moment to slip away and like you say like you you get to the boat hold and i think uh i think gem and atticus are standing there i like you could have helped at any point you were free to step in yes but we are still company people and it would it would be easy to say to give you some monologue about fixing the corporation from the inside or reshaping targets in the future to maybe stand against the corporation's worst practices but uh, the the truth is there are reasons far simpler and Jim cuts him off they the pay is great and we don't want to take a, we'll give up the paycheck <laughs> Well, I was going to say it with a little more poetry, but your former flame has a point. Seriously, you should count the number of zeros. It's it's astounding. <laughs> it's sickening. It's <laughs> sickening how much money. I think we um we get in the boat, and I think there's just a shot of us like like the there's like a drone shot that pulls up away from the river and the park as we like off into the darkness away from where there's the southern end of the park where there's still like mm-hmm. lights flashing and like the pop of gunfire and like explosions happening and i think the last thing you see is you look back and they're gone of course they're gone of course that's just gone. how they that's how they exit and the two of you sail off into the with a lighthouse in the distance like you sail towards the lighthouse and 
And that's game. Nice. Gosh, shreds. Game shreds. That's so good. That was, that was fantastic. So much fun. That was so much fun. Oh, uh, Adam, you beautiful game designer. Beautiful game, Adam. Uh, and and just to just to just to make clear the point I made earlier, yes, I did. Yes, I did write a scenario about about a corporation trying to copyright Superman. Yeah, I did that. Sometimes <laughs> I'm allowed to be on my bullshit. <laughs> Um, that was so much fun. That Chris, that was the best. I'm so, uh, so tickled. That went to, I love how little I was expecting anything that happened in that game. I, I was, yeah, I, honestly, like I, for, for, I had done literally no prep other than yeah. reading the rules and that we told a story that satisfying is astoundingly good so, and is a sign of a great game. The only prep I did was to come up with a name in advance because I'm terrible at names and we never even gave my character a name. <laughs> what what was the name? <laughs> I've forgotten. Um, All right. Well then we don't uh, then not, don't worry about it. Yeah. Oh uh, it was Clay Collins, the ghost. It's a good name. Good name. <sighs> so that's it. That's a wrap. Thank you so much for doing the show with me. This uh, was so much fun, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. That was a blast. Uh, so real quick before we wrap up, where can people find you and your work online? Yeah, uh, you can find me on twitter.com at pangalactic, P-A-N-G-A-L-A-C-T-I-C. Uh, and you can find me uh, on the internet, lootetheroom.uk and lootetheroom.itch.io is where you can pick up my games in PDF and in print. Hell yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing the show. This was an absolute delight. I'm smiling ear to ear, and now I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take a future me. Thanks, Bass May. And thanks again to Chris for coming on the show. That game was so exciting and so much fun. And I just had such an absolute blast listening to that episode again as I edited it. It I couldn't be more happy with it. Thank you so, so much for coming on the show and playing it with me. Uh, be sure to check out D36 currently on Kickstarter. Be sure to check out LootTheRoom.uk for all of Chris's uh, work projects. And be sure to follow Chris on Twitter at Pangalactic. Then while you're on Twitter, follow us at Party of One Pod. Like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash party of one podcast. Join our Discord community at bit.ly slash party of one discord. Head to our merch store at bit.ly slash party of one merch. Support the show uh, financially at patreon.com slash Jeff Stormer or ko-fi.com slash Jeff Stormer. And if you're looking for another podcast to enjoy, check out All My Fantasy Children, a character creation, storytelling, and world building podcast on the One Shot Podcast Network in which every week... My best friend Aaron Catano, Saez, and I, we take a listener-submitted prompt, we spin it into an original fantasy character, and we populate a shared universe one story at a time. New episodes drop every Friday-ish at oneshotpodcast.com. Party of One is produced and edited, as always, by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Megaran featuring the D&D Sluggers, and the Party of One logo is by Evan Rowland. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates coming on the show as a guest or about uh, press coverage of the show, you can email me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And, well, honestly, I think that's all we do here. So until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember the self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody.